We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 16th, 2010. This will probably probably won't be that long here. The uh, next article is from Chick Publications. It's entitled, New Abortion Laws Are Slowing the Baby Killers. This is a good article here. Those fighting for the lives of the unborn children are developing new strategies. New Law in Oklahoma, and I believe that's here too in Florida, or at least they're trying to get it in. A new law in Oklahoma has abortionists running for their lawyers. <laughs> Modern technology has opened a window in the womb so we can watch the little person suck their thumb and cringe from danger. The law requires that every woman who requests an abortion be offered a view of her baby on an ultrasound screen and be given a detailed description of it. Hey, that's fair, isn't it? I mean, don't, I mean, however you might look at this, shouldn't you be given full disclosure? Of what's going on here? Abortion clinics are reporting that mothers dissolve into tears during the ultrasound. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Let them dissolve into tears and spare that innocent baby. Others others refuse to look at the baby on the screen. Ever since the U.S. Supreme Court legalized the sin of killing babies, the pro-death has how I refer to them. Why do, why do we call them pro-choice? We're pro-life. They're pro-death. They're always saying we're anti-abortion. Well, why can't I call them pro-death? Isn't that what they're about? The death of the baby? So the pro-death crowd have pounded the propaganda drum not to worry about the, quote, fetus, or it was just a blob of tissue. And why allow the inconvenience of a pregnancy and the 20-year project of raising a child? I never thought about it that way. The 20-year project of raising a child. That's a real biblical way to look at things. (laughs) And then having all this disrupt your life. After all, sex is for recreation and should be available to everyone without consequences, right? Well, that's what the world's teaching. Some of the abortion clinic staffers are having second thoughts as well. Good, praise the Lord. Abby Johnson, director of Planned Parenthood Clinic in Texas, quit her job after watching an unborn baby crumple as it was being vacuumed out of the womb. She had joined Planned Parenthood to help mothers in trouble, but became disillusioned with the organization's emphasis on profit rather than helping people plan their parenthood. Now, I wish Chick would get into the fact, and I've got into this many times and I've done a whole teaching on this, how the abortion industry is most of the time, who owns these clinics are witches, or warlocks, or whatever you want to call them. They're people involved in the occult, and they view not only the money that they're making, but the sacrifices that are taking place in the clinic, in the privacy of the womb, in the darkness of the womb. They're viewing these sacrifices as sacrifices to Artemis. These are fallen angelic deities that they worship. Artemis, Lilith, Moloch, Chemush, you could go on and on. But they're literally viewing these babies being sacrificed to these things. Innocent blood is crying out from the land. It's defiling the land, as the Bible talks about. And it's no wonder America's in the state that it's in. That by itself, this one thing, would be the only reason God would need to have to to totally rain down fury on America. And we deserve it. I mean, it's pretty apparent. But that's how they view these things. Now granted, they're not advertising the front page of the paper this, but if you dig any kind of, uh, like I, I I went into that in detail, it's in their own writings they admit it. It's how they practice their religion. And there was even a quote from that article where she said something to the effect this abortion 
owner said, you practice your religion and I'll practice my religion. My religion is holy ritual child sacrifice. That I believe that's an exact quote. Holy ritual? How can anything be holy? It's unholy. Holy ritual child sacrifice. That's how she practices it. It's really the only thing that you can do where you can actually sacrifice children and, and it to be totally legal and totally legitimized and protected. I think it's the worst thing that goes on on planet Earth. You know, when you talk about killing little babies and little innocent children, I don't think it gets much worse than that. I don't think we could get much lower on the scale than that. The new ultrasound machines, which I, and again, this is a double-edged sword, because ultrasound machines are not good for for babies, for the um, babies in development, particularly the earlier you do it, the worse. It literally puts in a high-frequency sound wave. There's two kinds of ultrasounds. There's diagnostic, diagnostic ultrasound, which is this, and there's therapeutic ultrasound, which is like what I used to do when I was seeing patients before. We would do ultrasound on, like, knees or lower backs, and it... Therapeutics very good, but it puts in a high frequency sound wave into the soft tissue, and when you do that to a baby, it's kind of almost like scrambling their their uh, I don't want to say DNA, but it can have a very very bad effect on brain tissue, particularly on a developing baby. So for me, I have a little bit of mixed emotions with this particular subject because um, it's not it's not good for the baby. I can tell you that flat out. Now, if it's going to be the thing that prevents the baby's death, listen, I'm not going to say I'm going to go against it. But it's a double-edged sword from that standpoint. Anyway, let's go further. The new ultrasound machines also delivered images of babies scrambling to escape the cutting and the vacuuming instruments used during an abortion. The child was obviously feeling pain during the procedure. Based on these images, laws have been passed limiting abortion after a certain stage of growth. Another procedure is called partial birth abortion. Here the baby is delivered all but the head when the back of the skull is punctured and the brain is sucked out with a vacuum. This is just so horrific. I mean, I've tried to watch some of these videos and I can't do it. I, I, I just, I, I'll break down and bawl like a baby when I see this stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that because I think I'm so what wonderful. I just, I'm telling you, I, I just can't deal with it. I, I, I just, it just devastates me. For days, sometimes, I can't, oh, it's so, and imagine how God feels, because he knows everything, and, and, oh, and it says, because the baby was not fully delivered, it was not legally a live birth, so that's how they justify it, when graphic descriptions of the procedure were made public, laws against it were much easier to pass. As usual, the pro-abortion crowd are claiming that the Oklahoma law is unfair to victims of incest and rape, uh, they are quick to use this to justify all abortions. However, reliable studies indicate that less than 1% of all abortions are requested because of these two factors. Most of the abortions are for convenience. All of these strategies are taking their toll. Abortions are, are actually down 25% in the U.S. from 20 years ago. I didn't know that. That's, that's good. I mean, obviously, there's still thousands being slaughtered, but I'm glad it hasn't increased, praise the Lord. However, the president was right on one thing. We need to reduce the need. Unplanned pregnancies are the problem. Uh, abortion is just one of the, quote, solutions. Making abortion illegal will not address the root problem. The real solution is to change the hearts of the ones who generate the unplanned pregnancies. Bible believers have the only answer. 
Hearts changed by the Holy Spirit and sheltered by the safety of the obedience to God's laws, all chick tracks and literature focus on the need for redemption and the regeneration of the human heart. This is central to the solution to abortion and all of the problems caused by sinful behavior. I agree totally. I mean, the Word of God is the key. Jesus Christ is the key to this. Uh, but then they give you some tracks that you can actually give. Uh, they have one, This Is Your Life, Love Story. Um, we've tried to target the whores of abortion. They have one regarding abortion called Who Murdered Clarice? And then the risks of the party scene life. They've got one called Party Girl. And then the unintended consequences of sex outside of marriage, illustrated by the story of David and Bathsheba, which entitled The Royal Affair. You just read that the other day, didn't you, Taylor? Yeah, Royal Affair. Anyway, these tracks seeded into a community will cause people to stop and think about God's remedy for unplanned pregnancies. Besides saving a soul, you might also save a few babies in the process. Uh, next thing, why do modern Bibles disagree if they use the same Greek? I'm going to play you a short video clip here uh, of this, and he brings up some really good points. Okay, so the first, the, the, the main question of this little five-minute clip we'll be listening to um, is, uh, and this is David Daniels, he's wrote the, several of the books that, that Chick puts out there regarding KJV defense. But the first question is, why do modern Bibles disagree if they use the same Greek text? Let's get into that. Now, there's two different ways to understand which Greek. First, let me give you a little lesson. Let's make this the Christians, okay? Two cities. Antioch of Syria, where the disciples were first called Christians, and Alexandria, Egypt. Here were people who followed the apostles. See if you know this word. Here are the people who were the apostates, who abandoned true belief and blended Greek religion, Greek philosophy, and their own personal pride into drugs drawing up the Bible in their own image. They cut out things they didn't like. And out of the manuscripts from this area, they're so inconsistent. Do you know there's not a single manuscript from those days that you can put together and say is like an NIV, an ESV, a New Living Translation, or any other. In fact, there's no Bible that can be made from them because they're missing entire books. They add other books. They throw in people's own writings. They inexplicably take out sections. And then when they get to the Lord's Prayer, for instance, they couldn't even agree in 32 out of 40 words. It's amazing, the disagreement among these people. These people, amazing agreement. This Greek spread all over the world and got translated into language after language, even within years after the apostles died. It's amazing. This ended up moving up through some philosophers and then ultimately through a guy named Eusebius, to Constantinople. Fifty Bibles were made there for them. So in other words, we're expla- he's explaining the two streams of Bible lines that have come about. And the one stream is where we derive the KJV from, the King James, not the New King James, the King James. And the other stream is where we get virtually all of the other Bibles that are on the market today. Some of them, some people believe, are Sinaiticus and Vaticanus. And then after that, those spread around and were translated and modified into a changed Latin hybrid. Half this, half that, bulb bad. And that became the Roman Catholic text that went for years. All right, so now you go back through history. you got all this Greek. Where do you go? 
You have two different kinds of Greek. You have the Greek that went through Alexandria that's totally disagreeing with everything else and definitely disagrees with 5,700 other manuscripts. Okay, so the 5,700 other manuscripts he's in reference to are the other manuscripts that ended up ended up making uh, like the uh, Hebrew Masoretic text and the um, Textus Receptus in particular, and which is where we form the basis for the King James Bible. Whereas the other only had very, very few, the, this corrupted line only had very few manuscripts to back up their text. What did I just say? 60-something versus 5,700 manuscripts, and these guys can't agree with these guys, and they can't even agree among themselves. And that's what our modern Bibles are made of. Now, the, Viticanus, the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus disagreed with each other in so many places to verify what he just said, that when Westcott and Hort translated them into the revised version of 1881, they just said, well, we'll make this rule of thumb. We'll just, wherever they disagree, we'll just take what the Vaticanus says over the Sinaiticus. That was their, their uh, scholarly way of doing things. So, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And there was only 60 of those manuscripts compared to the 5,700 on the side of the King James, which verified one another and didn't contradict one another. That's one kind of Greek. I trust the 5,700. What do you think? I'll trust the persecuted believers. That's what I'm going to trust. I am not going to trust a bunch of scholars who say, I know better than you do. I'm going to trust a common Joe Christian who says, I believe God, and I don't want to mess with his stuff. I want to be blessed by him. I want to follow him. That's the guy I'm going to follow. And that's where this comes from. Those manuscripts. Thousands of them. Now, there's a second Greek. That's the Greek I teach. The Greek I was taught was not Greek. It was man's reinterpretation of Greek. Are you with me? Okay, I became the top Greek student in my Bible college and went straight into advanced Greek at Fuller Seminary. Okay? I'm not making this stuff up. The stuff they teach you is a lie when it comes to those crucial places. And for instance, that one in 1 Corinthians 1.18 is big. Are you saved or are you being saved? You have a New King James, you open up to 1 Corinthians 1.18, you see it right there. It says, you are being saved. 1 Corinthians 1.18. Do you have an NIV? Get that out. So that was a new King James. It says you're being saved. Any other version? i got a bunch of them up here. Look them up. 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So the preaching of the cross is the power of God to us who are saved. What does it say in the New King James? Being saved. If you read it in one of the Catholic Bibles up here, it says those who are on the road to salvation. We're off on the road to salvation. Are you serious? Yes! Because the Catholic Church teaches you must grab grace piece by piece by doing works. We don't believe so, in a work salvation. So, again, a work salvation, which is what most of the Christian denominations pretty much teach, you know, and Catholic and a lot of other ones as well. The, you know, with the Catholics keeping the seven sacraments and doing this and doing that and, and all of this stuff is obtaining, you know, salvation. So, 
they they have as their Bible the American Standard Version, which was one of the ones that spawned from the Revised Version of 1881. So it was just one more corrupt Bible out there. You either are or you aren't. You're either drowned or you're not drowned. Right? You believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins, Jesus said. He was kind of clear about that. So we don't accept a false teaching of Greek either. Now here's where I'm going to say the thing that's going to make you feel, I don't know, but this is where I am. This is my heart talking to you. With all the Greek I've studied, and i got so many, Pastor George, Spiron, i got piles and piles of books on Greek and manuscripts and papyri, and i got Hebrew, and i got all sorts of manuscripts of every kind. But if I want to understand Greek accurately, I actually go here. Because this actually passes on in English the correct understanding of the translation of the Greek words and the Hebrew. Okay, so that was just a little clip there. Okay, uh, then they had a little ad here um, in uh, the Chick publication for a book, uh, Vanishing Proofs of Evolution, by Thomas Hines, and uh, he's the guy that invented Hines Ketchup. No, just kidding, sorry. Lost control there. Anyway, it goes on to say, are the children being taught scientific proofs that have already been disproven? Much of the world has been convinced to abandon God because of a few classic proofs of evolution in school books. Now remember, this is one of the reasons how Hitler justified the Holocaust and the, the Nazis, because they were considered a subspecies. They were considered, the Jews were considered the closest to apes. Uh, in the evolutionary platform. And therefore, if they got rid of the Jews, they'd be getting rid of that weak link in the evolutionary chain. This is how they their sick mentality of justification for this. Um, the Vanishing Proofs of Evolution book shows how one after another these very, quote, convincing proofs have been found to be totally untrue. Don't just stand and watch while your kids and their teachers are being deceived. Give them the knowledge that will build their faith and help them with others. It's all explained in the scientifically sound book, which clearly shows that true science supports the creation position and disproves evolution. The book presents powerful evidence that God is the creator and concludes with an introduction uh, to him. Discover how easy it can be to defend the creation position. Hey, praise the Lord. So there's four different ways you can buy this book. I mean, I, I guess they're really getting, getting with it. You can buy what they call the Kindle edition. And I'm not even sure what in the world that is. The Kindle do you know what the Kindle? Oh, I guess it's for some kind of a uh, little PDF thing, or, or uh, one of those. I don't know. It looks like a uh, a pocket, one of those iPod type of things. I guess it's called a Kindle. And then um, the other one is the uh, PC or cell edition. I guess you could put it on your cell phone or your personal computer. And then the iPhone edition. And then for all of us old fogies, the paperback edition. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, that's they got they got it. Man, you can get it anyway now. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's it's good. I mean, I'm glad they got it in all those those modes. Uh, they also have a Spanish Bible that actually is 100 percent from the Textus Receptus Bible in Spanish. I get a lot of requests for for this translated from the Textus Receptus Bible in Spanish for somebody that couldn't read. You know the King James or whatever, and there's all there's um, so they got that, and that's about it. That's about it for today. Um, hopefully, this was uh, gave you some good information, and we'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time, this day, 
all your goodness and all your benefits that you've given us, Lord God, in heaven. I praise you, Lord God, for um, this ministry. My, my listeners, Lord, I pray you bless every one of them, Lord God, in heaven, that your fear would be upon us, upon our, our unsaved family members, Lord, uh, that you would conform us to the will of your Son, that you'd forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, Lord. Lord, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. We pray, Lord God, that uh, I pray that your name be glorified and that many would be saved as, as a result of of your efforts regarding the body of Christ, and that you would protect, Lord God, the unborn babies, the orphans, the widows, uh, the children, Lord God, of the world, the body of Christ, that you would set a hedge of protection around about them, that your angels would encamp around about them, Lord God, and that you'd use them mightily in the days to come. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.